The Pro Plus Capo is the first Dario offering to feature FlexFit technology, a naturally responsive silicone formula that mimics the action of a human finger fretting a string. With the Dario Pro Plus Capo, every string rings clear, clean, and in tune. This is Chris Keys for Premier Guitar. Today I'm joined by Yasmin Williams from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. So excited to be on here. I never thought I'd be doing a, <laughs> a ring rundown. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> funny because on the surface, yeah, you're an acoustic guitarist and we'll get to that. But as time has gone on, you have added quite a bit to your arsenal, whether it's pedals, I know the toe tapping for like the percussion, uh, yeah. everything else that you got going on with like the hammer. The kalimba. So let's just start. I know maybe a lot of people on Premier Guitar aren't familiar with you, but they're going to quickly be uh, astonished by you. Is the fact that you started an electric guitar and now you've obviously become quite equipped on the acoustic guitar. Can you talk about that journey starting with electric and ending up where you're at currently? Yeah, well, I started playing guitar because um, I beat the video game Guitar Hero 2 on uh, Expert. <laughs> And <laughs> after that, I started begging my parents to get me a guitar, and they got me one. Um, I guess they were impressed <laughs> that I beat the game. I don't know why they got me one, but I got an electric guitar first, and I played that for about a year to a year and a half um, solely, um, playing covers from like Jimi Hendrix covers and Nirvana covers, and I tried to be like a metalhead type shredder person. Mm -hmm. um, that didn't work out, so <laughs> I switched <laughs> to acoustic guitar. Because in the video game, you have to tap a lot. Like there's five buttons on the controller and you tap mm -hmm. them to kind of play the harder songs or the faster songs. And I really wanted to kind of put that on guitar, which I thought I could do with electric guitar first, but I couldn't really tap that well, like um, this way. Mm -hmm. So I eventually started playing acoustic guitar and putting it in my lap and tapping um, this way. And it works a lot better for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, now I just play acoustic guitar pretty much all the time. Um, still play electric though, but acoustic's kind of my main instrument now. Now, is that the sky top that I know that you have kind of been with uh, recently yeah. within the year or two? That's your sky top? Yeah, this is the, this is the sky top guitar. Um, my first custom made thing. I absolutely love it. It's, it's perfect as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Now, this is a very uh, unique instrument in the sense that, you know, it doesn't have the standard sound hole that people are used to in the front of the guitar or on the, uh, yeah. I guess, the guitar's top. So, and I saw your early videos with the, I think it's a Sublime Adelaide. 
So tell me about mm -hmm. the transition and what is so important about this instrument that like really has probably enhanced your playing experience. Yeah, really cool question. So the Sublime was great. That was a, it's still a really great guitar. I still use it. Um, but the Skytop is really kind of a step up in terms of just tone quality and just ease of just basically playability. It's the action can get really low and I can easily kind of glide over the fretboard. Mm -hmm. um, and also, it's just these two side sound ports are really um, amazing. Like this, the one on the left kind of goes to my left ear, and the one on the right kind of goes to my right ear for kind of a stereo effect, which is really cool. Um, I can hear myself better, and it actually projects to the audience better than hmm. my other guitars with a sound hole in the front, which is kind of bizarre. You probably wouldn't expect that. But yeah, it, yeah to me, it does project a lot better, and uh, um, even kind of. Percussive quality is, is nicer, clearer, sharper. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I decided to make the switch. Now, I can't see real well from where I'm sitting and how far I'm pushed back with the, the computer, but what are, what's on the top there? Are those, are those holes for added percussion oh, yeah. projection? Or? So these are actually natural holes from mollusks that burrowed into the wood. Oh. Um, and yeah, the guitar, it's called Torito Hold Sitka Spruce from, I think they're Torito Clams or Torito, I don't, I don't exactly know. I know they're mollusks. <laughs> and yeah, these holes are actually natural. And I asked, well, the builder told me about this specific kind of wood because I, I wanted a Skytop guitar and he's known for the two side sound ports. Okay. Um, usually his guitars don't have these holes in the top, but he told me about this wood because as a lap tapper, I kind of need to have more projection toward the audience. Mm -hmm. And having the two side sound ports kind of buries the sound into my stomach a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically these holes are for projection, which it works really well and it looks cool, so. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely eye-catching. Yeah, for sure. Yasmin, I'm sure you use a lot of different tunings, open tunings, standard tunings, but one I noticed that you use the most is open D. What do you like about that? Yeah, basically open D, but I am kind of branching off into uh, different tunings. Like on my harp guitar, I use a G tuning. Um, on Urban Driftwood, I play Cora too, which I didn't bring, but um, that's kind of in an F tuning, so I kind of have to tune my guitar to an F tuning to play along with that. But yeah, like I do still mainly use Open D a lot. What do you like about Open D? Oh, I just love how just light it sounds. It just sounds really light to me, and it's, it's I don't know, I guess it's just the tuning I found, it's the easiest tuning I found to kind of express myself and to play my music in. Um, it's just always sounds super airy, super kind of clear, kind of, uh, I don't know. It almost reminds me of nature in a way, just kind of like taking a hike or taking a walk and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Like, it, it, you know, the, the record itself is just kind of majestic and beautiful and cinematic in a very almost uplifting way, musically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted it to be uplifting, even though it's kind of about um, everything that happened in 2020 from the pandemic to the social injustices and political, you know, kind of things that were going on then and still going on. I did want it to have an uplifting feeling, mostly because it's kind of not good to drown yourself in negativity. So I kind of use making the album as a way to reflect on what was happening, but also kind of give myself a sense of hope and hopefully other people who listen to it, which I guess that's what it's doing. Um, it's, I hope that's what it's doing. It's the power of music right there. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, I know it's a lot of times you use the capo. How do you use it and what is kind of like the, you know, the point of emphasis or why it, it's become part of your arsenal? I use a capo a ton and it's mainly just because 
a lot of songs that I write, I think, just sound better capoed up. Mm. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> also, the capo sometimes makes certain things I write easier to play because um, the frets are closer together. Um, so a lot of times I kind of capo the third fret or the fourth fret or the second fret, usually. Uh, it, it just sounds better to me. I don't know. It, it gives songs kind of a brighter tone and I, I don't know. I love capos. <laughs> and one last thing on this guitar we should probably touch on before we hear some more playing is uh, strings. Do you use strings and gauges? Oh yeah, so I use GHS Silk and Steel strings. Um, it's very light. I think the E string is a 48 and the, the low E and the high E is a 11, I think, gauge. Wow. Um, yeah, and those are, they're actually considered mediums for silk and steel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love silk and steel strings. I don't think too many acoustic guitarists use silk and steel actually because they kind of can have a, they're kind of associated with having a dull sound. Um, but to me it sounds really, it's mellow, but it's also GHS strings at least are really bright and um, they're just so easy to play. Like uh, phosphor bronze or whatever nickel steel or whatever strings kind of can wreck my fingers a little bit, especially mm. when lap tapping. Um, so these strings are super comfortable to play and um, they sound great and they last a long time too, like a month typically. Well, I think at this point, I kind of want to just take the show and hand it over to you and you just kind of walk us through your setup because there's so much going on, there's so much you incorporate and I, I think the best way to do it is to have you show us and maybe I'll ask questions as we go along. Sure, okay, so I'll start with kind of the tool stuff and work my way around to the pedals. Okay. So. Um, I always play with a thumb pick. I always play with a, this is a Black Mountain pick. I absolutely love this because it's, it's kind of large, but it's great for kind of flat picking and also um, thumb picking. Um. Um, you can do whatever, you can do whatever you want with this pick, it's great. Um, and it's super light too. How did you get turned on to a thumb pick? Oh yeah, so, well I found, I found these picks at uh, NAMM last year actually. Oh. And I've been, I was searching for a thumb pick that I liked. I used to use Dunlop, I think, thumb picks. I think those are the ones most people use. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to use those, whatever the white ones are. And those were good too, but this one is just kind of like, easier to strum with and easier to switch from strumming to flat picking to just uh, alternating thumb uh, without much work. So yeah, if I don't play with a thumb pick, I can't really play without a thumb pick actually, it's kind of weird, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I have my hammer thing that I use, which it's kind of reminiscent to a dulcimer hammer hammer. Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, yeah. I really like it mainly because it just gives me metallic sounds that I've kind of want sometimes and I think I actually found this by Googling guitar hammer <laughs> and it was the first thing that came up. <laughs> so I don't know if you could still Google guitar hammer and it comes up. I got this years ago. It's called an ingle. Um, I don't know if it's still made, but if it is, it, guitar players should check it out. It's, it's really cool and you can get, um, you can get some uh, nice sounds 
mentioned the dulcimer and that's kind of the only hammer with regards to guitar I'm familiar with what's the difference is it like the contact material or is it just like what's the difference between a dulcimer and what you're using I think the difference is I'm actually not sure are dulcimer hammers I think they're normally metal okay yeah I don't know exactly I don't know but this is plastic this is like a hard plastic and it comes with it also has kind of a foam uh, head that I don't use but um, for softer sounds you can put foam on top of this but yeah, I think the main difference is that this is plastic. Okay. Uh, but they sound pretty similar to me. Um, this might be more gentle for guitar strings than I guess a regular hammer dulcimer hammer would be. Um, but yeah. Now, I, ever since I've come across you playing and every time I see a different video, you're using a different tool to create a different sound. And I've always wondered, is it, you're chasing the sound and then you kind of do what you said there, you Googled guitar hammer to figure it out or how, how is it, or is it the piece of equipment or tool inspires, inspires you to create and write or, you know, maybe it's all in the same. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool question. So usually it's the first thing. Usually I have a sound in my head. Um, like, especially with the guitar hammer, that was literally just a sound in my head. I did Google guitar hammer to try to get that metallic, <laughs> or uh, yeah, to try to get the metallic sound that I was, I don't know why hammer was the first thing that came to mind, like, but <laughs> whatever. But yeah, usually it is a sound in my head. Um, same thing with this um, cello bow that I use on my guitar sometimes. I wanted to kind of get like a bowed sound. I also have a smaller version of this called a Picasso bow that I am starting to use mm. a little bit, but um, I always thought, well, I got this idea from the band uh, Sigur Ross. Uh, the lead singer uses a, a cello bow, yeah, I think. Yeah, Jonesy. On his electric guitar, yeah, and he sings and stuff, which is really cool, but I could never really get it to sound good on my electric guitar, so I kind of switched it over to acoustic. Mm. And the most I can do is kind of like a, kind of a low drone, but you can kind of get it to sound cool. Yeah, you can get some cool sounds from it. And yeah, this was something else that kind of popped into my head and I just bought a cello bow just to see what would happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm starting to get into pedals more, which is kind of inspiring me, like the pedals are inspiring me to come up with new sounds instead of having a sound in my head mm -hmm. per se, which is cool. So I guess now it's a little bit of both. But when I first started playing guitar, up until recently was definitely I had a sound in my head and um, that I just went out and tried to find whatever. Yeah. Same thing with the kalimbas. Well, it's funny, like your problem solving abilities on acoustic guitar are kind of off the charts. <laughs> like just the way that you think of something. <laughs> and I know that these things have been used before, but for someone that, yeah, you're just coming up with it and uh, applying things that may have been used already, but I don't know too many people that have used a cello bow on an acoustic guitar. And so you're just trying to figure it out without yeah. having too many 
preconceived notions or rules in your way. Right, exactly. Same thing with this um, tap shoe, actually. I kind of, I got the idea to use tap shoes. I usually have two. Actually, I have one on today just because I didn't feel like putting the other one on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I got the idea to use tap shoes because a lot of the times when I'm like lap tapping, I'm using two hands now because I guess the more complex my songs get, the more, I guess, I have to problem solve to try to figure out how I want to do everything. Um, and basically, since my hands were busy, the only thing I left were, were my feet. Yeah. So I thought, well, tap shoes was kind of the only acoustic way I could figure out how to use or get percussive beats. I actually made a hand controller, and that was basically a MIDI trigger that kind of um, I attached as a glove to my hand, and I could trigger different drum beats on my guitar with piezo mics and whatever attached. That, but that was a mess. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought, <laughs> and it worked. It's cool. I have a video somewhere of me using it. But um, it's just electronics is difficult. Like it's difficult to solder everything and it breaks easily. And tap shoes are just shoes. So I just started using these. And um, yeah, I think it's cool that everything's kind of acoustic, at least the tools that I mm -hmm. use. Um, not the pedals, but you know. So I use it for kind of simple beats like that, um, which it's way easier, I guess. It didn't take me too long to actually kind of figure out how to use a tap shoe. I have never tap danced or anything before um, buying this, um, but yeah. Again, another problem-solving thing, I guess. Now, with like a song like Swift Breeze, I know that you have revisited it and kind of changed it up a little bit, but with all the oh, yeah. incorporation of these uh, I don't want to call them tricks, but like new tools and expressions, you know, expressive ways that you can come out with your ideas. Do you go back and revisit other songs and kind of like, well, wow, now that I, I've got tapping under my feet, literally, I can, yep. <laughs> can add that to a song that didn't have it originally. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I actually am, am in the middle of doing that now with Swift Breeze. I'm figuring out a way to arrange it with, um, like instead of using a backing track, which I've been doing, I kind of want to arrange it so I can like play the percussive part with my tap shoes and use a harp guitar to play the bass and the guitar parts um, and just use a looper for everything mm. else. Uh, but yeah, I am starting to revisit older tunes. And I mean, that's kind of what I did with uh, Swift Breeze and Sun Showers, the first track on my new album. Since I'm a better player now, it, it's kind of fun to revisit old songs and rework them and see what I can do differently since I, I can. I have a lot more tools at my disposal, <laughs> I guess, now than than like when did I write Swift Breeze ten years ago or something? So yeah, I'm I'm better now than I was then. So yeah, it it, it has been kind of fun revisiting old stuff. Before we move on to the harp guitar, is there anything else in the toolbox you want to show us? Um. Yeah, the Columbus. Yeah. So. Because I've never heard of this thing until I saw you, and then I had to like either Google it or look really? into the uh, comment section. And then I was like, wow, that's what they call that awesome device. Yeah, nice. So yeah, a kalimba. Um, I got this idea to use it with guitar from Earth, Wind & Fire, actually. I love Maurice White's like kalimba solos on, what's the song? Um, he solos on Kalimba Story, I think the song is. And I, I've liked that since I was mm. a kid. And I kind of, well, 
I found, this was my first one. I found this one in Guitar Center and it didn't have a price tag on it, so I got it for free. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's sick. That's perfect. And I kind of experimented with it for a couple weeks and figured out how to kind of play it with my uh, guitar. And this other one is a Hugh Tracy kalimba, which is pretty cool. Um, it has a lot more tines on it, which makes it difficult to play. But uh, I also don't really play this correctly, so don't quote me on how I play this. You're supposed to use your thumbs, but I can't do that and play guitar at yeah. the same time. So I kind of use my fingers <laughs> to play it. <laughs> I really like how the kalimba sounds with an acoustic guitar, at least. I think they blend together really mm -hmm. well, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, again, another kind of problem-solving thing, because I was definitely hearing a sound in my head, which I wasn't really sure was kalimba. I just kind of guessed, and it yeah. worked out. Now, have you ever... I know that I've seen you perform with Khaki King. Uh, like You guys played uh, Instant Happiness together, and it makes me wonder, have you ever tried yeah. her... like? co-invention or the invention she uses the passerelle bridge do you ever use that or have you yeah she sent me one and i have it actually on my sublime guitar installed i was going to bring it but i didn't want to bring three <laughs> guitars here <laughs> plus i haven't used it live yet but I'm, I'm planning on using it um with a group that i'm writing a piece for but yeah i i love it it's pretty cool it sounds not like a guitar at all which is nice um it's yeah i've i really like it like kind of when I, you can, a cool trick to use with it is you can detune your guitar strings and kind of tune mm -hmm. them up again. And it sounds like a cool, like, uh, well, it's hard to explain without it having it here, but yeah, I like it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> should we move on to the harp guitar? Yeah, for sure. Now who, or like I should say, who built this instrument and what gave you the idea to kind of take this on? Cause it's not like you don't have any enough, you know, enough already going on. I know. I know, I, I, love, I love adding stuff. So yeah, Timberline Guitars built this. Um, and they actually kind of sell kind of stock harp guitars, which is really cool. I don't know another company who sells harp guitars that you can mm. just buy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. Um, this thing is, I, I really, I never thought I'd get one of these because I just thought it was too much. It just looked like too much and it just, I just, yeah. But I played it at NAMM last year and I really loved it. This is actually a parlor size harp guitar, so it's smaller yeah. than a regular one. A regular one I think extends to like here, um, which I cannot play. <laughs> so <laughs> I bought the parlor size and it's um, really cool. It has two pickups in it, two K&Ks, one for the bass side, one for the treble side. Um, six sub bass strings. Um, I have them tuned. I have those tuned to a G scale okay. basically. And yeah, I really, uh, I'm get, it's taken me a year to kind of get around to figuring out kind of how to play this. I don't play this, I don't think correctly. Really, you're supposed to kind of like, kind of alternate between the two sets of strings with your picking hand. I cannot do that. 
<laughs> so <laughs> what I typically do is I kind of use my left hand to play mm -hmm. the sub bass strings and kind of reach over like this and kind of bring it back, which is probably On harder. On half of all guitardom, I don't want, I want to speak for us and say that whatever you're doing isn't wrong, it's right. Like, you know, don't, don't feel like you're doing anything <laughs> wrong at any point. That's the whole thing about guitar. You do what you want. I mean, yeah, you can't, yeah, I agree. You can't play guitar wrong, but I mean, I, I don't see anybody else really doing that. So I just assumed it was just not logical or not <laughs> efficient <laughs> um, but I mean you can also play it uh, in a, a lap tapping uh... actually I don't need to retune that you can kind of play it in a lap tapping uh, way You can do that, which mm -hmm. I prefer, um, because I can kind of use this hand for bass and this hand for treble or melody or whatever I'm playing. Um, hopefully yeah. that makes sense. But yeah, there's a lot of ways you can. It's really cool, the added um, sub bass strings. It just gives you kind of a new world to experiment in and just playing bass. and It's really cool to do at the same time and to kind of have clear, sometimes double yeah. melodies too. So yeah, um, I enjoy this instrument a lot. Will you go on tour when, you know, when that returns and that reality happens again, will you, will you take it with you? Yeah, for sure. I'm writing um, new songs on it, so I kind of have to take it with me at this point. I kind of don't want to because I already have like a pedal board and then two other guitars and all this. <sighs> but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'll take it with me. I mean, I do enjoy playing it. So yeah, it's coming with me. I guess I'll just have like, I'll either knock a guitar out or just have three. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, like that's just kind of the, the plight of a guitar player is just more and more. Exactly, it's just the life of, life of a musician really. Can't complain, but. <laughs> well yeah, as I say, let's go back to the sky top and then you can start talk to us about your pedal board, which at one point, I remember seeing you yeah. kind of had uh, the Tone Dexter and the, the Big Sky, and it looks mm -hmm. like it's grown since then. Yeah, yep. So I recently got a really cool pedal um, by Hologram Electronics called the Microcosm, which is super neat. Um, I, I just got it like last week, so I'm still kind of experimenting with it. But um, yeah, I have a Tone Dexter, a Polytune tuner, uh, Polytune 3 tuner, the uh, Pictronics Infinity Looper, the Big Sky, and the Microcosm here now. And I also, I didn't bring it with me, but I also have a pedal that I use called a hmm. Looptimus. I basically use it to trigger backing tracks, and I also can use it to play synths with my feet, as well as play guitar. 
which is really cool. Um, basically, I just hook it up to my DAW and just have uh, sense sounds on there that I can trigger with different buttons on the Luptimus. I'm starting to use that now, um, but it's not on the board yet. Soon enough. So. <laughs> yeah, soon enough. The next well, tour. Maybe I guess. start with that new pedal because I'm not familiar with the company or the pedal itself, so uh, enlighten me. Oh, yeah, sure. So here's a cool thing I kind of. Um, basically, it's really hard to explain this pedal because it does, it seems to do everything, but it's basically kind of a delay. And it's a delay, it has reverb, and it also has like a micro looper thing. So I'll just. So, yeah, this is its glide function. Sometimes it's really cool to use the big sky and kind of um, add lots of reverb to it. <laughs> Which is what I like to do. And I can also feed this into my looper. Um, so like I can let this loop into my looper and then I can kind of play over whatever loop I did with the microcosm. Which is also cool. You should do that. So yeah, that's looping. With my looper now, let's see if I can. of using three of the pedals I have. Uh, the Tone Dexter is also really cool because it makes it makes my guitar basically sound mic'd. So what you do with it is you can plug a mic in. Like I think what I plugged in was my 451, mm -hmm. um, AKG 451. And I can record my guitar into the Tone Dexter, which it then makes wave maps of the microphone and how the guitar sounds with the microphone. And it also um, records the guitar's pickup sound as well and stores that. 
So I can kind of blend the pickup with the mic, which is pretty cool. Like here's the pickup. And here's the mic sound. Yeah, I love the thing. It definitely made my sound way better. And I have really nice pickups in here. I have James May um, ultrasonic pickups. But um, yeah, this just brings it kind of to another level live. And I don't ever have to worry about feedback. I've never had a feedback problem, never had an EQ. I can, it has a tuner in it too. Um, there's EQ, there's everything. It's great. And I can store different microphones too. I think I have four different mics stored for this guitar. Two for that one, and some for my other guitars, and two mics for you my You brought it up, too. and I should have asked earlier, what, what, I know that you just mentioned the type of pickup or the, the brand that makes them, but is it like a transducer, or is it sitting underneath the top, or is it in the bridge? Like, yeah, so I don't, Okay. Uh, it's in the bridge, but like it's, it's, it has different, I think it has like nine different, I don't even know what they're called. They're things I can like okay. uh, turn on and off, so like if it's, if I think, uh, my guitar sounds too bassy or something, I can like switch. It has th like nine different switches in it, I believe, that I can manipulate to um, get the sound that I want. Um, I did that when I first got the guitar, so I haven't touched <laughs> it in like over a year. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, this pickup is amazing. Like K and K's are cool, you know, they sound, they're, I guess they're the standard. Um, I never, I didn't really care for them when I, <laughs> oops. It's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to have an opinion, husband. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying a lot of people swear by K and K's, and I just uh, I just think these sound better, um, even without the tone dexter, um, especially live. It percussive hits. I can um, I have this tuned or not tuned, but I have this the switches kind of modded so that all of my percussive hits sound how I want them to sound. Um, my guitar sounds how I want it to sound. Um, everything is kind of done, which you can't really do with K&K &K, since it doesn't have the switches available to kind of EQ itself. Um, How yeah. did you get turned down to the Tone Dexter? Because that's such a, you know, it, you know, since it doesn't really necessarily make noise like a, a Strymon pedal does, it's kind of, it's less exciting. Yeah, uh, this is the most exciting thing <laughs> on my board, to be honest, other than the microcosm. I think <laughs> those two are really cool. But yeah, this, uh, I, the guy who, so, Paul Humiller, he owns Dream Guitars, which is where I originally played my first Skytop guitar before I decided to have him build me one. Um, he told me about Tone Dexter mainly because of my percussive stuff and how I really wanted clear tone. Um, like K&K's could have been a good option, but he, he told me about the James May pickups too. And they kind of go together. I believe they're made by the same person. Uh, but yeah, he was kind of basically saying, the Tone Dexter can have you sound mic'd, and I told him I preferred a mic sound, but I hated using mics because of feedback problems, and it's just extra stuff I have to carry. So he told me about that, and I've been using it ever since. It's, I mean, it, it just has everything. It has a DI out, so it's balanced output instead of just a regular uh, guitar cable out. Um, it has a boost. It, it, yeah, it's great. I'm happy he told me about it because I wouldn't have known otherwise. <laughs> And I can use it on my Cora too, which is really cool because Cora is just horrible to mic or do anything with. Um, putting, I put pickups in my Cora and it was horrible. Um, the sound wasn't great at first, but now it's really nice because of the tone dexter. Now setting familiarize I have people with that. At, at don't, it's a traditional African instrument, right? 
Yeah, so the kora is a West African instrument. Um, it has, mine has 21 strings. Sometimes it can have 22 or more, but typically I think they have 21. And it's basically a tall kind of, it's compared to a harp, but it's not a harp in terms of like uh, wide. It's just tall and it has two sets of strings, 10 on one side, 11 on the other. And you use your hands to kind of alternate between strings. Like to play scales, you alternate between your left index finger and your right index finger and your thumbs. Um, yeah, it's it's such a beautiful instrument, really. It's incredible. And I play it on a few songs on my new record. But it's it's <laughs> it's pretty hell to play and get good at. Um, I've I've given up on the notion that I'll ever be even remotely decent at it. I really just use it for like writing songs and um, just songwriting and to give myself new ideas, um, which it's it that's more than enough for me. Um, I'm not trying to be a master at Cora. Um, <laughs> that'll never happen. Well, is there anything else that you <laughs> want to talk about or that we haven't touched on on your on your setup and everything? I think we've got pretty much everything. I mean, the cables I use Rattlesnake uh, Cable Company cables because they're very colorful and they're very they don't tangle ever and they sound great. And for my harp guitar, actually, since it has two pickups, I have a um, mono to stereo cable coupler type thing, also made by Rattlesnake Guitar Company, which just lets me plug in two uh, instrument cables from the pickups, and I plug it into the coupler, and then a stereo uh, sound comes out, or a stereo output comes out from the other side, and I plug it into my pedal board, and it sounds really nice. Um, that's, uh, that's, a, that's about it, though, I think. Uh, Oh, well, I guess I should oh, yeah. say what I was tapping on. Does that make sense? So I have a board that my Eric Weigeshoff from Skytop Guitars, he made my guitar. And he also made this board that uh, I use for my tap shoes. It has Velcro on the back, and I can easily just stick it on and take it off. And it's modded to fit my case. Um, yeah. Which is that's so <laughs> that's so like bougie. <laughs> I, have a, I have a wooden board that's modded to my guitar case to, <laughs> for me to tap. But I mean, I didn't. I couldn't think of anything else. I think on my Sublime guitar for that before I had this guitar in this case, I put. I think I just had like a wooden ply board I stole from my parents, one of their <laughs> bookshelves or something, and I put tape on it and just stuck it on <laughs> my case. And that's what I had for a few years, and it would just rock back and forth and be super annoying. So this is really nice that this doesn't really go anywhere. Um, and it's nice he added that in. And other than that, um, okay. I use Shub Capos. I love these. Um, yeah, I think that's Well, I'll I, I leave it on this. What still surprises you or, you know, I guess invigorates you about the instrument? I mean, even after, I think I've been playing for 11 years now, I think, yeah, and it's just, Guitar, it doesn't seem to be a ceiling for what you can do with it. You can, there's just so much, with acoustic guitar at least, that you can do. There's really no, there's nothing, you can't ever get bored because there's always something you can add. Whether it's another instrument you can add on top of it or just, uh, just play um, like just cool. Just cool percussive stuff. I mean, it, there's there's really no limit to what you can do with acoustic guitar, and I mean it, it's 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 just 
I don't want to, it's just a perfect instrument to me. It's just, I, I never get bored of it. I mean, there, there's pedals you can add, there's, there's everything. I mean, I don't know. I don't really get this feeling with any other instrument. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what keeps me excited about it because there's just so much I haven't even touched on. I mean, I really don't know, I feel like I don't really know hardly anything. <laughs> well, as a listener, it excites me to see and hear what you'll come up with next just because it's, it's like you've already done so much and uh, you know, we enjoy it so much. It's, it's where you take it next is, you know, we're along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do either. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I would love to kind of just see, I guess the main thing I'm thinking about now is kind of combining guitar with other, other instruments, whether it's a kora or a kalimbas or other instruments, um, and just seeing how it works and maybe ensemble settings now, since I've been playing solo for so long, um, it would be pretty cool to kind of bring in other people and see how guitar interacts with other instruments. And also just, um, I don't know, there's just, yeah, there's a, there's a lot I'm thinking about. There's a lot you can do with this. And I'm, I am very excited to play for 80 years. Well, we're excited to hear what you come up with. Yasmin, if people want to check you out online uh, and keep up with anything that you're releasing or hopefully in some soon, uh, you know, metaphorical world ahead of us, we can go to shows again. Where can people keep track of what you got going on? Yeah, so my website is yasminwilliamsmusic.com. I post everything on there. Also, I'm on Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook, even though Facebook's kind of dead now. <laughs> you can still find me on there. Uh, yeah, I, I hope touring happens soon. Um, I would love to kind of take my album out on the road, but um, until then, I'm still doing live streams and still, um, still trying to make new music. So yeah, just follow me wherever you want to follow me if you want to get like new music I'm working on or uh, whatever. Yeah, again, I, I can't it's help whatever. but plug it again. Uh, Urban Driftwood is a great listen. It will instantly lift your mood. So do that. Do yourself a favor. And uh, everyone out there, stay safe. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you, everyone at Blue House Productions, to help make this as pro as possible. Thank you guys so much. Stay safe. Thank you, Chris.